Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Well, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our first guest this morning. Her name is Nisha Joseph, and um, we've actually been friends for 14 years. Can you believe it? We kind of grew up, well, at the end of our high school days, <laughs> and, and, and we knew each other from what was known as PCLC back then. And, and even since that age, she already loved people, she already cared for people, so there's no wonder that she went on to study psychology, uh, and she's also got a Master's of Counseling currently. She works as a caseworker um, with uh, children with autism. And she's working towards being a registered psychologist. And so uh, when we sat down with her, we were just like, what's happening with this person? How do we deal with this thing? <laughs> you know, we just gained, gained so much insight uh, from a trained professional. And so it is our absolute privilege to have Nisha with us this morning. Why don't you welcome her up? Hello. Hey, there we, there we are. <laughs> Good morning, Nisha. Morning. Good to have you here with us. Why don't you go right ahead and let us know a little bit more about yourself? Oh, a um, little bit about myself. I am, first of all, very grateful that you kept it at 14 years and didn't go and explain other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm the eldest of three kids. Um, I actually go to Freedom City Church, which is in Fremantle, which is one of the other church plants that have church. been planted from um from perth clc which is now lift uh, life city church love it there we've come up to four years um yeah i just i love people i love my dog i love life <laughs> yeah i think that's that's pretty much me so you have a, a fur baby i do have a fur child yeah <laughs> fur child so not a baby anymore yeah she's two so yeah All right. it <laughs> makes it hard to wear black because the fur gets on everything but yeah <laughs> So how long have you been working with um, children with autism? And it's also their families, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it's almost 10 years. Wow. So it's it's been a long time. I work very closely with families. What we do is we get in the homes. We work with parents and with the kids. Um, and I love it. I think it's the best way to do it is to work together with the family yeah. rather than just a child on its own. Because I think family together is the most... Um, important unit almost their parents are the one who see kids day in day out 24 yep. hours a day you know i may go in for a few hours and and then leave but parents are in there every single day of the week so yep. working together with the family is i think the best way to do things yeah mm. what made you choose i guess autism as a bit of a pathway i almost fell into it by accident i remember going to uni and then we almost had a unit on autism and it just really sparked almost my had a unit on autism oh had a unit on <laughs> completely <laughs> had a work? unit on autism um and then kind of started to work in the area and just kept working in it because i love it and um i think you learn stuff at uni but then when you actually start working that experience and that day in day out experience is just that next level so you can learn things off of a page, but then actually putting it into practice. And um, after all these years, I think picked up a few things maybe. And I just, I, I love the area. I think, mm. yeah, I just want to keep working in that sort Fantastic. of sphere. Yeah. At the same time, you don't just work with children and autism, do you? So what else do you... So I've at? had experience working with um, youth at risk youth. I was working with Headspace for a while. Mm. Um, I've worked with kids with anxiety and autism as well. 
So it's kind of sort of branched out. I've worked with adults as well. So I've, I've had a quite a quite a mixed kind of background, I guess, and that favourite, I guess, area is pretty much autism. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So let's dive into some real practical stuff. In your opinion and experience, what is the biggest thing families struggle with? I would say communication. Communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think communication because everyone is different. Everyone has a different style of communicating. Mm. Um, but then add on top of that, you've got the age differences and almost mm. that sort of age gap. You'll have um, parents trying to communicate with a child and then that child starts to become a teenager and then yeah. the communication style almost changes all over again. Mm. So I think communication is probably that that big thing, yeah. Yeah, right. So for us as human beings, do we change our communication style over time or is this, I guess, like, do we kind of stay pretty similar but certain aspects of it change? How does mm. that work? I think as humans, the environment can change how we communicate. Right. So if I'm communicating with someone that's a friend, my communication style might change compared to how I'm communicating with someone who may be younger than me or older than me. Mm. Um, but at the heart of it, I think there's some aspects of communication style that stays the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So how, how do we overcome this problem of communication? I think one of the most helpful things is kind of putting yourself in the other person's shoe because we end up being the expert in our own sort of place where we're coming from and sometimes miscommunication happens and we don't quite understand what's happening for the other person and that's sometimes the hardest thing. If you know who you're communicating with and what's kind of going on for them, it makes it easy to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. So empathy then becomes a very big mm. issue. Yeah. And um, what I'm kind of reading and, and learning about is that the current generation is struggling with empathy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and some people put it down to technology and there's a culture. Yeah. Um, how, how do we help, especially the next generation, how do, we, how do we help young people learn to have empathy in the way that they relate to other people? Um, I think definitely one of the ways is almost giving them the freedom to verbalise how they're feeling almost. I yeah. think sometimes one of the first steps is how are you feeling as a person mm. and hearing that kind of empathy being kind of demonstrated and verbalized. I think yeah. sometimes even kids is at a young age being able to say I'm angry because mm. this happened or as they get older I'm feeling frustrated because mm. and sometimes there is it they can't verbalize and that's okay. It's, it's yeah. letting to get those feelings out. Totally. Yeah. Gosh I think that's probably one of the things I would struggle with so much. When you're frustrated at a child, I don't have children, <laughs> but I've done youth ministry and it's basically the same thing on a Friday night. It's like, put your deodorant on. You are stinking my car. No, I'm joking. But you know, we, we, in the moment you're frustrated, you're, you're almost thinking, why are you doing this? And you kind of just jump into telling them off, but you're kind of saying that that doesn't help them develop empathy. What what does that in uh, what what does that lead to? I think there's a disconnect that happens when there isn't empathy. Mm. Um, you start to be less aware of what's happening to the people around. You start to kind of almost lose that perspective. Yeah. 
um, I think empathy is so important. Empathy, compassion, those things go hand in hand. And when we don't have compassion for mm. one another, things start to spiral very quickly out of yeah. downwards. Yeah. Mm. What's the uh, line between showing care and empathy versus know you're doing something that is very dangerous and I need to stop you right now? Mm. And how can you do that? Maybe as a parent or even as a friend, someone who cares for someone else, maybe they're going through self-harm or, yeah. or even having suicidal tendencies. Yeah. Where do you go from needing to show some empathy to, nah, you just can't go there? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, to simplify a little bit, you know, if you've got a young kid that's about to run onto the road, the first thing you do is you don't go, I'm worried for your life, so this is how mummy <laughs> feels. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, no, I think the first thing is you grab their hand and keep them off the road, and then you sit down and, and you kind of kind of go through what kind of break it down and, and process it. Mm. Um, what you're talking about with suicidal ideations and, and things like that, it's got a level of, of seriousness to it that's not different from a kid wanting to run onto the road. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure they're safe first, mm. have that safe place, and you need to know if you can have those conversations with your kid. Is there that comfort level there? Can they talk to you? Mm. If they're not, then maybe that's something to work on. But sure. most importantly, definitely get help. You know, don't, mm. don't try and do it by yourself. I think sometimes we get so caught up with trying to fix whatever's happening in our family by ourselves when there's so much help around us. Yeah, great. And a lot of people that can help want to help. Yeah. It's for helping and get help. There's a Very lot of services cool. out there. Yeah. So maybe taking away, uh, going away from difficult, intense emotional situations, how can families and just us in general, how can we uh, improve our communication? Have you got any tips and tricks that you, you do with families? Um, well, I think it comes back to the really, really simple things. If you're really angry or really upset, not a good time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Never a good time to talk. <laughs> Um, step away, kind of go away and come back and have a conversation later on. Be, take the time to kind of figure out why you're angry. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess an example would be kids or teenagers being like, you never listen to me kind of thing. Kind of stop it and take a step back. What exactly, can you give me an example? Kind of, you know, go back to concrete things rather than dealing with. Yeah. You never kind of, you know, those, those yeah. grand things. Bring it back down to what's happening right now. Don't bring up the past. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that would be really helpful, especially for young adults or late teenagers when you're looking at becoming more independent, mm. learning how to concretely talk about things rather than just exist in that emotional space. Yeah. So we need to learn how to help ourselves and others formalize, I guess, um, aspects of what is going on. Gosh, that it's must be not, and it's not an easy thing, you know. It's, it's, <laughs> we make it it's sound not. easy, don't it, we? It, it sounds on, easy, but concrete. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's that always trying and never giving up. You'll make mistakes, and and it's yeah. not easy. But yeah. the best things never are easy. So just keep trying, keep plugging away at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I find one of the big um, things is that um, the, the 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 current culture we live in. Um, really loves visual stuff, like you know, emojis and memes and all of that kind of yeah. stuff. In your opinion, 
Mm. Because I feel like when I had a conversation with young people, yeah. they kind of use these visual things to explain how they feel. Yeah. But I don't know whether for them they actually know. And I actually getting to that place where there's a concrete aha moment for them. But that's how I feel. Would you be able to give your expert advice? <laughs> Um, I think never be afraid to ask questions. So when you get a visual um, or like an emoji, some of them are really obvious, like, you know, the poo emojis, they're pretty, you know. <laughs> um, and then there's some that, you know, it, it's, it never hurts to ask questions like, yep. hey, did you mean this or did you mean that? I think sometimes we're very quick to try and guess, but yep. at the end of the day, um, everyone has a different use for an emoji. If we're going to take it back to an emoji, mm. some people love to use one emoji and others are use different ones yeah. but don't be afraid to ask those questions to kind of go behind those visuals mm. if you understand those visuals when it's used you you get it yeah but if you don't know what those visuals represent then yeah you won't you'll miss it so it really comes back to empathy again i want to know um what is going on in yeah. your heart and your mind and 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 yeah, yeah. all right so maybe if we go back more into conflict um, when there's heightened emotions. You have mentioned stepping away where you can yeah. to, to think about it. Are there any other uh, tips and tricks? Like, let's say we go away, we had this fight, we, we walk away, but then we try to talk about it, but when the moment we talk about it again, the emotions are sky high, it rockets up, and it's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. do you deal with that? Um, you would know, I think, or you need to take the time to really think about the things that always, there's always at least that one conversation in a family or when two people get together to talk about something mm. that just explodes. So you kind yeah. of go into it going, I need to have a conversation about this and I know that temperatures are gonna, okay. gonna so rise it's preparing straight yourself. Yeah, know that these are gonna be one of those things. I think <laughs> the biggest thing that almost disarms it a little bit is if you take the time to kind of figure out where the other person is coming from. Yeah. Sometimes that's obvious, sometimes it's not so obvious. Mm. So sometimes a good thing to kind of go is what's going on for the other person. Sure. What's, what's making them angry yeah. and them knowing what makes you angry. Mm. And even if you don't agree with why they're getting angry or whatever, yeah. just knowing what, what's going through their head may not be the same as what's going through your head. So knowing where both sides are coming from, it makes it almost a little bit easier. Yeah, right. Yeah, so... It it's practicing empathy before <laughs> you go into the moment and taking the time. And it sounds like it's a lot of effort, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, would, you, would you recommend, like, if you don't get to a place where you can actually understand it, mm. you just don't have the confrontation? Or what should you do if you just don't get why the other person is so angry? Mm. Again, if you've stopped to talk to the person, um, it could go one of two ways. It could escalate again, or it could be something that you just have to stop and take a step away from that conversation mm -hmm. um, and maybe come back at a stage when you're health it's a healthier place to deal with it. Yeah. Um, if you need to get a third person in, someone that's neutral, that's also not a bad option. Yeah. Um, someone yeah. that you trust, someone that you feel safe. Again, I think sometimes we think we've got to do it all by ourselves. Um, but sometimes having a third person in there who's neutral that you Excellent. both trust mm. and feel safe with, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. As a professional, what is the point where you would recommend to a person, hey, maybe getting some mm. help? Because I think yeah. 
we possibly gone to the other side where it's like, oh, you actually have a problem. <laughs> and you, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. You've got a problem. Go see help. Go get help. Yeah. And where, where's the point between me learning and growing as a human being um, and me hitting a wall and really needing help? If you've tried different things, sometimes we don't want to try different things. If you've gone, all right, honestly, I've, I'm thinking about this. I've tried a few different things. It's just not working. Mm. Um, or I'm just hitting a brick wall and nothing is changing. That might be the point. When you know you've tried different things, when you've, you've tried and you're just not getting anywhere, sure. it might be the point. Um, and sometimes saying to someone, you need help, um, you could almost say, I'll come with you can make a big difference. Um, yeah. Being careful not to just point the finger and be like, we'll go together sometimes, yeah. yeah. Can make a big difference. Fantastic. All right, well, we've got three minutes left. I know, it's so <laughs> short, we could keep going forever. Uh, but how do you best support a family member going through a difficult time? Um, again, it comes back to trying to understand what they're going through, ask them questions. Um, don't assume that the way that you see things is the same way that they see things. Yeah. Um, don't assume that when you are going through a similar situation that it's exactly the same for them. Mm. If you ask the questions and understand what it's like for them, you're in a better place to help them. If you don't understand what they're seeing, what they're hearing, what they're feeling, you, you can't help. Mm. Um, so get around them, ask them the questions, figure out what's going on, and if they need extra help, be there with them, support them, yeah. take them, go there, yeah. yeah. What about for the parent that, or maybe even just a friend, you're like, this person's been getting professional counselling, professional help, but this depression is just not going away. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you just, the instinct is to slap, slap, get out of it, <laughs> move on. Um, yeah, it w I guess, how do we keep supporting even when we feel like the support is actually... I guess we, we start to question, I start to question, am I helping or am I making this issue worse because I'm feeding into this person's insecurity or I'm allowing them to love their depression because of this attention that I'm giving to them. Um, yeah. I guess when you get to that place where you want to say to them, slap, slap, get up, and then you know you're not in a good place. <laughs> <laughs> not the right thing to do. Um, you can, as, as a supportive friend or family member, also have burnout as well. So yeah. taking time out for yourself and looking after yourself also matters. Yeah. Um, if you know that they're getting help, it's not one of those things that you flip a switch and it goes away. It's, mm. it's a long journey. Um, yeah. So if you're in it for the long haul, you've got to make sure that you're looking after yourself as well because it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Um, take a break if you need it. If you know they've got professional help or extra help, that's mm. good for them. Sometimes yeah. just listening. Sometimes you don't need to have the answers. And it's okay to not have the answers. You can love mm. someone so, so much and want to help them and not have yeah. the answers, and that's okay. Mm. That's not your job to have the answers. Um, yeah, point them to the answers, and while they're going through stuff, mm. just be there for them. Fantastic. Final question. You say take a break if you need to, but they're living in your house. How do you take a break? Ah, <laughs> Um, there are these things called doors. <laughs> if you need to, <laughs> it's an old trick I think mums use where they're like, I need to go to the toilet and I just need to shut the door. <laughs> Let me pee in peace. Um, 
figure out what helps you re-energize. If it's just five minutes of silence, find that. Um, if five minutes is all you get, don't don't lose it. You know, keep those five minutes. Figure out what yep. what re-energizes you. Mm. Um, what works for you? Going for a walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. And have boundaries. Have healthy boundaries, especially if there's someone that lives in the house with you. Yep. Have a talk about boundaries because you're going to be sharing space, and you've got to got to figure out boundaries. Yeah. Mm. That is so good. Why don't we give it up for Nisha? Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.